Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I'm Shauna Simawang. Sales Enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Rachel Chambers from Marketplacer join us. Rachel, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Hi, Shauna. Thanks for the invitation to be on the program. As mentioned, my name is Rachel. I'm based in Melbourne, and I'd like to start by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of this land. I'm the head of enablement at Marketplacer. We are a global leader in providing software as a service platforms to retailers and businesses to enable them to bring their marketplace strategies to life. We offer more than technology. We've got deep expertise and experience and have successfully partnered with many prominent brands across the globe. From an enablement perspective, I've been in the discipline for close to two decades and worked in a variety of sectors from advertising, hospitality and finance. And regardless of the area, I just love the role. So that's a little bit about me. Rachel, I'm super excited to have you here today. Now, you have a lot of experience in building and scaling an enablement function. So I'd love for our audience, for practitioners that are maybe just getting started in building an enablement function, where do you recommend that they begin? Thanks, Shauna. This is a really exciting question as there's nothing quite like getting a phone call saying we've selected you or we need your help in setting up an enablement function. It's a high impact role and it's also a great responsibility. But the success is incredibly rewarding. With that opportunity, it's really natural for us to want to deliver ROI and add value as soon as possible. And they're great traits to have. But on the flip side, what that also means, sometimes we move into delivery and implementation and change mode too quickly without taking the time to lay the foundations for success. I'll share with you the four pillars that I've used when setting up sales enablement teams across various sectors through the lessons I've learned in my experience. Spending this extra time up front will save you a lot of pain and will save you time in the long run. It will help build better relationships, greater adoption of your change and essentially get you better results. And who doesn't want that? So let's start with the first step, which is alignment. Aligning on what sales enablement is, is crucial as there's many definitions. Also, the industry has really evolved over the last three years. So having a shared understanding across an organization on what enablement is, what it isn't, the value it brings and some of the deliverables will help expedite success. The best way to do this is to create an enablement charter, which is actually different to your plan. It's an overview. It's not the details, actions on what you'll deliver. The best way to do this is I'll have a template or a draft on our best practice enablement methodology, and I'll share it with the sponsor or stakeholder who's brought me into the business and get their agreement and alignment and make some changes to customize it and tailor it for the organization that I'm servicing because their needs will be slightly different to other companies, whether it's scaling into new markets or rapidly growing their sales team. 
once the charter has been created, then share it with other areas like product and marketing and go to market so they can see how partnering with enablement will really accelerate success for both areas. The second step is connect with customers and it might sound so basic that why do we need to even explain it as an action and it's so easy when you move into a new role to be absorbed with getting to understand the ins and outs of your new organization that often we leave meeting our most important people to the end. So we want to make sure we're connecting with our customers early and I mean our internal and external customers. There's also an opportunity to tap into some great data that already exists in the organization. Generally, there'll already be customer satisfaction data with verbatims. I always try and grab my hands on that because it's absolute gold because you've got customers telling you what are they loving that you're doing and what do you need to fix to keep them and what do you need to do to grow them. So absolutely tap into customer satisfaction data as well. The third tip is stock take and audit. And it probably sounds not very exciting, but it's hugely beneficial as this is where you can start to demonstrate ROI and progress. Everybody knows when you join an organization, it's more than likely that there's a lot of content in a lot of different places. So working out what's being used and loved, what's not being used and why, and what's needed will really help you build your plan. And you can start to put some metrics around it. So you can start to identify what are the number of courses we need to create to enable our sales team. And then each month update on what's been created and how often those courses have been completed. So it really starts to help to measure ROI. And finally, you've, you know, aligned, you've connected with your customers, you've done your audit, build your plan and communicate it with passion and conviction. You know, keep it simple but comprehensive and outline what will be delivered, when, what are the risks, what are the dependencies and share it with your stakeholders and also ask them how often they want to be kept informed of the progress and what method do they want to be kept updated with. It's really important to keep the communication going and keep the plan visible. And all of those four steps are fundamental to success, but there's probably one that underpins all of it. And it's have fun throughout the process. Be inspired, not intimidated by the opportunity. Enablement works, it's been proven. And you have great people to support you, you know, throughout the enablement community. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, the enablement category has done a lot to solidify over the years, but there's still a, a ways to go for us. Now, based on your experience, what are some potential pitfalls in standing up an enablement function? And, and how do you go about mitigating those risks? I'll share three common pitfalls. And the first one's a really easy one to fall into, particularly when you're establishing a new function. And that's saying yes to everything. So if you're starting to produce outputs and they're really connecting with your audience and then they're asking you to do more work, it's natural that we want to say yes because we want to prove our value. But what will happen then is we potentially overcommit we start to miss the original timeframes on our high priority items. We are building a model that's not sustainable or scalable. 
we start to work really long hours and deliver output that's not to the quality that we need it to be. So ideally you've been through a collaborative planning process with your sales leaders so you're really aligned on the priorities so when these ad hoc requests do come through we can manage them. We can identify if they replace something in the existing plan or alternatively what additional resources are available to help deliver and fulfill this need. If it can't be done identify is there a stock gap that we can do in between to partially close this need? And when can we do it? When can we fulfill the entire request? Anything you say no to or not right now, make sure you document as this will be gold and vital information when you start to build out your business case to scale your team. The second pitfall is a blurred line with enablement and frontline leaders. Ideally, enablement has been clearly defined and everyone is aligned in the function that it provides. But in previous roles, this isn't always the case. I've had leaders say to me, are you going to coach my team or run bespoke weekly training sessions and in extreme cases, build out sales decks? And generally speaking, the answer is no. The best thing we can do is enable our leaders and our frontline to be as self-sufficient as possible. And we do that by providing best practice coaching frameworks to our sales leaders. Quality content that is up to date and easily accessible to our sales team. Technology that makes it easier for our customers to interact with us and speed up the buying cycle. And online training to close any capability gaps. And when we provide services this way, it enables us to rapidly scale and achieve our outcomes sooner. The last pitfall is underestimating the time to deliver sales enablement initiatives, whether it's a methodology, technology, content or training program. It's also important to educate the sales team at a high level on what it takes to provide these services, as the perception could be it's pulling together a PowerPoint deck and rolling it out the next day. And most often this isn't the case. To create highly relevant quality content that can be repurposed takes a little bit of extra time, but the payoff will be worth it. When you're mapping out your time to deliver, ensure you allow sufficient time for reworks. Also, you communicated your dependencies and what you need from other stakeholders as early as possible and be really clear on the dates you need these by. If they miss those timeframes, you need to adjust your timeframes accordingly. Also identify from the start who are the approvers and let them know you'll be knocking on their door on this particular day, asking them to review and approve this strategy. And hopefully that will give you a quicker turnaround time and you can get your content to your sales team sooner. And the last piece in mapping out timeframes to deliver is allow sufficient time for embedding and measuring the success of the initiative. We can spend a month building an amazing online training program, but it doesn't mean anything if it hasn't been utilized. So identify your cadence, go back in a week, a fortnight or a month or a quarter. Has it been completed? What percentage of people have completed it? What was the rating and feedback on the course? And most importantly, how has it lifted sales performance? So hopefully that gives you some ideas on how to mitigate the pitfalls.
Absolutely. And, and you touched on this a little bit just a, a minute ago around kind of stakeholders, but I want to dig into that a little bit more because whenever you're building you know, something new in the business world, right? You know, taking the stakeholder priorities and perspectives into account is really critical. And so, you know, stakeholder management is another one of your areas of expertise. So I'd love to understand how do you manage their expectations for the enablement function, and then also balance that with your own vision for success? Firstly, I want to highlight that stakeholder management is an absolute bonus in working in sales enablement as we get access to so many smart and passionate people that we can learn from. As not only do we work with sales, we work with sales ops, product, marketing, go-to-market, finance, pre-sales, customer success, basically everyone. So when engaging stakeholders, I'm always trying to learn from them. And one of the career highlights for me has been the strong partnerships that I've built and maintained along the way and our shared success. So how do you get to that point? I want to focus on sales as they're our primary customers. And I do two things. Firstly, measure their level of engagement around enablement. And I do that by simply asking about their previous experience. If it was negative, why? And if it was positive, what did they love and what do they think will work in this organization? To help drive alignment and engagement, I also like to showcase three or four different types of assets so they can start to see how the discipline has evolved. This could be a playbook, video of a demo, a training course or a talk track, and you can see the light bulb moments as they start to connect how these type of services could benefit their team. I use the analogy, it's like showing a picture of a cake. Rather than explaining the ingredients, it's a much more engaging conversation. And the second thing I do to ensure as stakeholders that we're aligned, and I might be dumbing this down, but just keep linking back to our overall business strategy goals and values. And when you keep connecting to these pillars, alignment should always happen. It removes the noise, enabling you to focus on getting the job done. Absolutely. Now, I also want to talk a little bit about growth. I, I think as the organization's growing, ideally, you know, the enablement team should be growing alongside it. Now, given your experience growing out an enablement team, what are some of the challenges that enablement leaders might encounter in building out their teams and how can they overcome those challenges? This is a really good problem to have because obviously you're demonstrating value to the overall organization. And the first challenge is not unique to sales enablement. It's finding really great people. To overcome this, I start to build the team of tomorrow today. I think about what are the roles I'm gonna need in six to 12 months. And I look around the business and think potentially who could move into those roles. Closer to the time I speak with their leaders and the potential candidates and see if it's something they're interested in. And although you can't promise their, them a job, you can start their development even before that hiring process. You can give them some mini challenges and then they can see if they like the function and if it's something that they're interested in. And of course, top talent comes from using your network. We know referrals are the best way to get high caliber people who are more likely to stay and succeed. The second challenge is finding people who can hit the ground running and make an immediate impact. And I overcome that by having a balance of really great people who have exceptional internal knowledge versus great sales enablement practitioners. And I find when you have a balance of those two and you mash them together, you're going to get a high performing team sooner. So balance the diversity of who you're hiring. 
And the last one is getting a high volume of quality candidates. People may look at the job title and not connect with that role. So look at the words you're using. Ensure you have a strong value prop that engages with the people you're wanting to attract. Try to advertising the role, share it with people in your network, get their feedback and see if it resonates with them and hopefully you'll attract the type of talent you need to run a high performing team. I love that approach. Now, you have scaled your enablement function across the business to support multiple teams from, from sales to pre-sales and customer success. Now, when you're supporting several teams, how can enablement practitioners ensure that they're resourced appropriately to do so? And how do you structure your team to prepare for scale? When requesting more resources, that discussion shouldn't come as a surprise to the decision makers you're having the conversation with. As ideally, when you've joined the business, you've demonstrated what a best practice sales enablement structure looks like in a phased approach. There are four key actions to help with resourcing. And the first one is critical. Start collecting feedback from day one from your customers, your sales team. If they are saying that training was great or that piece of content is working or I love that new tech, it's saving me time, get granular. How much time is it saving? How many deals are we helping you close? What's the average dollar value of those deals? If it's helping you retain customers, how many customers are you retaining and what are their value? And by building this from day one, you're gonna have much more comprehensive story rather than scrambling and trying to pull this messaging together a week or month out before your presentation. The second action is clearly define the deliverables, the roles that you're requesting will provide. What are the tangible outputs the customers and our sales team will receive as a result of these roles and link back to how it will help us deliver our business strategy, as that is the quickest way you're going to get resources approved. Thirdly, ROI and payback. In the long run, sales enablement should pay for itself. If you're in a company that has low number of deals that are high dollar value, how many additional sales will we need to cover the investment? Or if it's an industry that's low dollar value deals, but high volume, how many sales per person will we need to cover that investment? And that covers the baseline and the rest is upside. And lastly, look at other metrics, impact customer experience, NPS and customer sat data, administration time saved, reduction in sales cycle, and employee engagement as enablement is an investment to help our teams be successful. So there's some of the talking points I'd add to my uh, conversation when having the resourcing discussion to build out the optimal sales enablement team. Absolutely. Just to close out, what are some of your best practices for advocating for the resources that your team needs in order to achieve your goals for the enablement function? The answer to this question has a real common theme to the previous answers, and that's metrics matter. In enablement, we have a responsibility to know the numbers that our sales team are accountable for. If it's new business, growth, retention, customer numbers, we need to understand the metrics that define success. Secondly, we need to understand how they expected to achieve those metrics. What are the verticals that we're servicing? What are the size of the customers we're going after? What are the markets that we're playing in? 
And then thirdly, we need to keep up to date in how they're performing against those metrics so we can alter our plan as needed because what we need to ensure we're doing is providing enablement services that are going to attract the customers that we have determined we need in our business to win. Also know your sales enablement metrics for each strategy or initiative you're delivering. How are you going to measure the impact? You might have one resource dedicated to redesigning sales onboarding. And as a result, that means our new starters will hit the phones a week earlier. And that means they'll make more sales sooner and achieve target earlier. So again, we can start to connect our strategies to revenue outcomes. Additionally, look at employee engagement metrics as normally there's some questions and scores around learning and development that enablement plays a key role in. Look what it was prior to enablement and look what it is after the introduction of enablement. As we know, highly engaged employees traditionally will be higher performing employees. And lastly, to round out advocating for more resources, I'm a real advocate of tests and learns. They're a great example of showing on a small scale on what can be achieved. It's also a way of building credibility and earning the right for more resources. An example might be building a sales playbook for a particular vertical or running a comprehensive training session on a particular capability gap and then measuring the outcomes from that introduction of that playbook or that training session. Then looking at it, what will it take to scale that initiative and amplify it across the business? And if so, what are the potential business outcomes we can achieve? So hopefully that gives you some flavor on what you can do to advocate for more resources. I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate the time and and the thought that you put into each of your responses. Thank you. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.